Todd. Oh, Hi, I'm John. supposed to do an I'm supposed to do an intro. Welcome to John and Todd or Todd and John's Monday night therapy session. It was a bye week. Nebraska did not play football. And uh, uh, the rest of the Big Ten did. Did you watch any? Did you watch football this weekend, Todd? I watched. Uh, yeah, I watched a little bit. Not a whole lot. I was at a wedding. You know, and these people that schedule schedule weddings in the fall. You know, geez, what's going on with that? My God, my my anniversary's in a month. <laughs> what's going on with that? Huh? Then there's these guys that uh, schedule weddings on like what the Fourth of July when it's 105 degrees in Iowa and make guys stand up there in tuxes in their wedding party so they can collapse and pass out in front of the church. Okay, uh, this whole wedding thing. But you didn't, you didn't, you didn't get to see uh, Big Ten football. You didn't get to watch the Big Ten West. I did not. I uh, I watched a little bit of uh, Virginia and Syracuse. I watched a little bit of Notre Dame. Um, I did not. Uh, I did not see any of the Big Ten play this weekend. Um, but I did uh, kind of look at the results, and I read a few articles, and uh, <laughs> there there were some surprising results uh, actually, and. Um, I think you might have been the one that said it. You know, the Big Ten West is a complete cluster. And uh, it looks like right now there's one legitimate team in the Big Ten West, and that's uh, the Goofers, Minnesota Gophers. This is what I learned this weekend, Todd. That's the meme today. Will Minnesota run for 1,000 yards on Nebraska this year, won't they? And it's uh, the meme from, I guess, Finding Neverland where Johnny Depp turns and says uh, something comforting to the child, which is at least they'll run the clock down on every play, which is what they did against Michigan State. I mean, they they physically, you know, we have to watch the Minnesota Gophers because we have Gophers fans here in the house. And, and I'll be honest with you, I'm a Minnesota fan unless it's at the expense of Nebraska. But my God, they just beat the physically beat the shit out of Michigan State. I mean, beat them up. And it was, uh, I, I thought Minnesota could, you know, control the ground game and kind of score some points, but their defense, uh, their defense pretty much shut Michigan State down. And it was, I don't know, I think if I was a guy making $9.5 million a year as a head coach of the Michigan State Spartans, I'd be embarrassed by that game. Well, you suppose the folks in, uh, 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 Sparty is kind of thinking about that big contract that gave to Mel Tucker. You know, isn't you know? I mean, if you listen to some Nebraska fans, all you have to do to win get programs turned around is throw enough money at a guy. Um, they threw enough money at Mel Tucker, but um, apparently uh, he still has some work to do. Uh, but he no, does have work to do. Just um, what I heard about Minnesota, um, they pretty much uh, manhandled Michigan State and. Uh, it's going to take a pretty stout defense. I think the defense that might be able to slow them down a little bit in the West would probably be Iowa. But, um, you know, and that's a trophy game. That's a rivalry game. Uh, We'll have to see how that all shakes down. But, um, no, Minnesota seems right now at least be the, the class of the West. 
I, I watched the Iowa Rutgers game for a little bit until it was clear that Rutgers wasn't even going to bother showing up. You know, Iowa's Iowa's offense actually scored some points. <laughs> well, then they it's have kind of funny to say. Yeah, they they got two. Uh, yeah, two scores on defense, which is I don't know that that's almost like selling your soul. The kinds of scores they get on defense, it's like could other teams screw up more against them or what? It, it uh, I don't know. It, it, Rutgers just didn't look good. I thought you know we play Rutgers after Indiana, and and Rutgers really didn't look like they were even going to put up a fight. Uh, you know, I was looking forward to the punting in that game. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it didn't really materialize the way I thought it would because Iowa was capable of scoring a couple touchdowns. Uh, let's see what else. What else? Florida, Purdue barely got past Florida Atlantic. Um, come on, Indiana. Well, well, Indiana got whooped, and Illinois won on Thursday night. But you right. know, I'm, I'm looking now across, you know, to the east a little bit. Were you surprised? that uh, Michigan struggled a little bit with Maryland. Michigan beat them 34-27. Uh, I would guess that uh, they didn't cover, would be my guess. I'm not a, I'm not a, a gambler, but uh, that seems a little closer than what most people would have predicted. Yeah, I, I watched that game. I, I thought Maryland, you know, they stayed in that game just because their offense just fought, and they just kept fighting. They were a team that didn't give up, and, uh, even till the end. So I, there, there's that's kind of a key to actually winning games. From what I understand, we haven't seen that a lot around our parts lately. You know, where you actually fight through a game. Yeah. Persevere when things are tough. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. I I tried to watch Ohio State Wisconsin, uh, but I watched about three minutes of it and my eyes started bleeding, and. I, you know, I, I work with these guys. I work with these guys. One guy that I bring up is the Penn State guy, and then there's a Wisconsin guy. And uh, he brought up that Minnesota brought, uh, swept Wisconsin in volleyball, and I, I think it's a way to deflect the, the pain from watching his Wisconsin Badgers football team just get, God, just get annihilated. I mean, Ohio State could have done whatever they wanted in that game. Who else was out there this weekend? Well, let me. I want to go back to that uh, Wisconsin situation. You suppose uh, Wisconsin fans are, are getting a little edgy? Maybe the maybe the seat under Paul Christ is uh, getting a little bit warm there. I'm going to find that out tomorrow. I'm going to go to my customer site, and we're going to have pizza and have a big college football discussion because that's what we do when we're supposing. Uh, let's see. I watched the uh, watch Texas lose to Texas Tech. That was fun. And then the Texas Tech Red Raider people ran the field, and one of them pushed a Texas player. And I don't know if you've guys seen this. This is all in the news about, you know, the two teams are, you know, Texas is angry at Texas Tech. Because this guy did in a, in a video that was on social media. He just came running up behind the, one of the Texas players as they were leaving the field and shoved him in the back and almost knocked him down. And um, I, if you've never been on the field when people rush the field, it's, it is a dangerous situation. I mean, you do have to kind of watch what's going on and, 
if you're an official or a coach or a, even a cheerleader, there was another video of a, of a guy running up to a group of Texas cheerleaders and doing this right in their face, which was hilarious. But at the same time, you're kind of like, God, those poor people. I mean, they're surrounded by thousands of people that hate them. So that's never comforting. Uh, I'm missing one game, one game. Oh, yeah. Oh, that one game, Todd. One game where our former quarterback that everybody blamed for four years uh, had the game of his life that knocked up a top 10 team and got a signature win that he never got at Nebraska. You know, um, I saw that and I heard that and good for him. And, you know, that's one of those cases where, you know, I'm like a lot of Nebraska fans. I think, you know, um, when he when he decided or announced that he was going to leave, you know, wishing the best, and and uh, I hold no animosity for that guy. I mean, my God, how many times was he carried off on his shield uh, after he gave gave everything he had, literally, for Nebraska? And uh, you know, I hoped for success for him. Um, now, you know, again, um, Oklahoma fell uh, fell to the curse of Nebraska. Uh, the curse of the Big Red. Uh, any team that plays Nebraska and uh, whoops them tends to lose the following week. So, um, and that's that's been consistent this year. And if you look at Northwestern, they got the worst curse because they've lost three games since Nebraska beat them. Uh, but every time somebody plays Nebraska and and uh, whoops them. Uh, they they end up getting beat, and you know, unfortunately for Oklahoma scheduling, they had to play against uh, the almighty Kansas State Wildcats. Um, you know, it, Adrian hadn't looked that good up until that point this year, um, but by the same token, he really didn't have to because he's got a lot of solid players, um, you know, on his side of the ball down at Kansas State, and then. You know, on Saturday he had a very good game. And that run that he had, that 55-yard run, you know, how many times do we see Adrian take off and, and you know, save the day on something like that? And he was in, he's an exciting player. So, um, you know, that's, that's good for him. Um, now, here's the question I want to pose to you, John. So, you know, they talk Belichick. Belichick and Brady, Belichick and Brady. And, you know, which one was more important to the success of the New England Patriots? Okay, so I want to flip that. And I'm, the question I'm going to pose to you is that Adrian Martinez and Scott Frost, which one yeah. of those is most responsible for the miserable four years that the two of them worked together at the University of Nebraska? Well, it's Scott Frost because he's the head coach. I mean, you always have to blame the guys up here before you start blaming the guys down here. And and I resent that question because just today, just today, I, what I do is I go on walks and I practice some of the YouTube videos I do. So people see me walking down the woods and on my trails and I'm waving my arms around and ranting. Uh, and I thought, you know, today I thought – why do we boil this down to one thing? Because this certainly was a, a combination of things. Here, we'll, we'll take a, a quick comment from Fred Sacco, who says, 
One signature win for Martinez doesn't mean he's still not an air-prone turnover machine. He's not a world beater. You know, that that is true, Fred. We'll leave that up there a little bit. But that is true, Fred. But the thing is, is in four years in Nebraska, he never got one signature win under Scott Frost. Or Scott Frost never got one signature win with him at quarterback. And it, right there in his first few weeks at Kansas State, he gets a signature top 10 win. I mean, that's that's something you can hang your hat on. I know they lost to Tulane the week before, but uh, he played extremely well. And at the end of that 55-yard run, you'll notice he slid so that he could give himself up so nobody could hit him and knock the ball out late. <laughs> and it, it, it looked like a guy who was – comfortable with these teams, some of them being able to carry the load with him. So it wasn't all just Adrian, obviously he had a team around him. And I guess, you know, I, I, we're talking about him because, uh, I, because I beat him up for four years. I mean, three years. I certainly beat him up last year. So, you know, I think uh, when a guy has a good game and he does a good job, I think, uh, I don't know, you got to tip your hat to him. Because uh, I think that's the decent thing to do. And it looks like Kansas State is going to be a bowl team. Uh, so he'll get to go to a bowl game. And we're still, we'll still wait on Nebraska. Uh, I, I want to think of one other game I was thinking about. That was the big one. Let's say who else, was, who else is in the West? You know, Penn State's actually looking pretty good. Uh, and they play Minnesota. Who do they play this weekend? Penn State played uh... – Oh, I wrote it down. Uh, Central Michigan. And yeah, who do they play? They play in the Big Ten this weekend. Yeah, I think I it's Minnesota. I think they may play Minnesota. And Minnesota over the years has caused some pain to Penn State when they've been ranked highly. Uh, Minnesota ended up ranked 21 this week. Let's see. Um, I think that's all. What else? I'm, I keep thinking of a, a big game. That obviously we spend hours in preparation for the show every week. Well, I do spend hours. I watch football. Uh, okay. Well, one more question for you, John, because after Oklahoma, you know, laid it on Nebraska, you know, people were trying to, um, you know, the, the, the pundits were trying to determine whether or not Oklahoma looked like a playoff caliber team. And, uh, you know, Kansas State made them look relatively average, you know, normal. Yeah, they did. Um, right now, when you look at the Big 12 Conference, uh, Penn State – or excuse me, Kansas State looked good, and now they've got a win over Oklahoma. And you also have Baylor that's looking pretty good at this point in time, and so is Texas Tech. So, um, you know, you, you – <laughs> You're going to have to win the conference to uh, perhaps make it uh, into the playoff conversation. And right now, both Texas and Oklahoma are behind a few other teams in the conference. You know, I also watched the Nebraska Nets Bowl and Iowa State versus Baylor. You didn't see that? I watched a little bit of it. I watched, you know, it was just bits and pieces. I, You know, I, I don't. I, I guess I looked at both of those teams and went, well, they're both uh, playing hard. I mean, they both, both – I didn't see anything really just stood out like my team was dominant and going to kill the other one. It was actually a, a pretty good game. Iowa State just couldn't uh, – I don't know, just couldn't not 
they just made enough mistakes to lose. What did it end up? Thirty-one to twenty-four or something like that. I think it was a one-score yeah, game. Like but, but I mean, both teams played well. Uh, I, I, Dave Aranda versus Matt Campbell. You know, I kept abusing people on Twitter. If Baylor would score, I'd go. That's a great job by the team that has Nebraska's next head coach. And if Iowa State would score, I'd, I'd say that's a great score by the team that has Nebraska's head coach. And and people responded on Twitter. It, some of them were some of them were having fun, but then some of them were very upset with me. But uh, that one, I guess you know, in fact, I think Baylor. Who, Oklahoma got knocked off. Baylor, Baylor coming in. I don't know. Baylor could looks like they could possibly contend uh, for the Big Twelve. The other big, huge game this weekend that I can think of is Miami of Florida, and I believe they lost as a twenty-five point underdog middle tennessee state beat them and it was one of the worst loss well it's the worst loss so far this year for any college football team but it was i wept that it happened to miami of florida i just went oh those poor guys gee it's too bad they they suck uh let's see we'll take this thing since we're talking about other football jack the ripper can jimbo at a&m get his 95 million dollar buyout this year hope so you know that that is if you want to talk about Mel Tucker having a shit ton of money thrown at him for no apparent reason, Phew, Jimbo Fisher. I I don't know. Who the hell? I watched some of that game too. I we we should I should probably write this stuff down because I look like I'm stumbling all over the place. Oh, it was uh, Texas A&M and Arkansas, and I I was cheering for Arkansas in that game, and I thought, what in the hell is going on in my life? that I am cheering for Arkansas. And it was because I just want to be able to laugh at Texas A&M when they actually have to, somebody throws money at that guy for, and gives them $95 million to go away. Texas A&M has never had trouble throwing money at people. And they usually end up quite disappointed. It's a weird place. You know, I worked there once, right? Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. For everybody else, when I was a teenager, when I was a young man, uh, I used to go to Dallas and work for my, my brother's company installing professional sound systems and fire alarm systems. And in the early 80s, during the summers, uh, I put the sound system and the fire alarm system into Texas A&M's Kyle Field Stadium. So I was around Kyle Field for like a whole, I think, two summers. And it's it's just a it is a different environment you know the whole core thing and people dressing up like they're in the military it is just it you thank God that Texas A and M exists because if it didn't all those people that went there would go to other universities and they really just belong at Texas A and M uh, okay how about this week Todd the shocking news that I saw today or yesterday or last night since I'm all over the board here is that Nebraska is favored against Indiana. Yeah, well, go figure. Um, but <laughs> Vegas has got to put make somebody a favorite. And um, I suppose since Nebraska's playing at home, uh, and Indiana has not looked all that impressive this year either, um, it makes sense that Nebraska's, you know, chosen to be the favorite. Uh, you know, it, it, it will be interesting to see. 
what Nebraska, you know, what, what team shows up. I think that, um, you know, just like uh, the week before the Oklahoma game, uh, there's, there's not enough time, you know, to, to fix everything. Uh, now they've had the bye week, but you know, they didn't get to practice every day last week. Um, because they had, to, they, they had that zero week game. Um, but, uh, you know, we anticipate, or I guess most people would anticipate that, you know, defensively, maybe there are going to be a few changes with scheme, um, we can come back to this in a little bit. We know that there have been a few minor adjustments with the depth chart. Um, I, I kind of wondered if there would be, you know, something more significant. Um, maybe there will be yet, um, you know, on game day. But um, uh, it's you know they have a they. Look, I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, it's it's it. I, I expect to see the defense play better than what they have. I mean, they can't play any worse. And I would like to think with another person that's making some decisions out there, you know, maybe they um, maybe they can do something a little bit different to uh, to perform better out there on the field, on the defensive side of the ball. Well, they have released a, a new depth chart for Indiana. And I guess I, there are some changes. I don't, I guess, okay, honestly, I thought Bryce Benhart wouldn't be starting at right tackle anymore, but Bryce Benhart is still starting at right tackle. Uh, Kevin Williams, who has spelled Bryce Benhart, is not listed in the two deep, which is kind of shocking. Ethan Piper takes over at left guard. Uh, uh, let's see, what else? I don't know if there was any, there wasn't any really huge shocking things except for maybe some changes on the F offensive line. Hunter Anthony moves up into the two deep at right tackle behind uh, Bryce Brenhart. Gabe Irvin now listed at Anthony Grant's backup because obviously A.J. Allen has been injured and is out for the season. And I think one of the things people have been talking about lately is that uh, how many players won't play because they want to they want to keep their red shirt now, and I guess we won't know anything. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Oh, I understand what you're saying. I just was I had not heard that. Well, I, there's some speculation in in parts. You know what I mean in them regional parts or in parts of, parts of the nation that uh, some players are going to just not play anymore so they can preserve their because the changes in the rules have been that you can play in up to four games and still get a red shirt and uh this would be nebraska's fifth game wouldn't it this would be <laughs> nebraska's fifth game you know part of the problem is, is i worked on stuff too late this afternoon and i was really stressed out about a server that was uh, a critical server and if I blew it up, it would have been bad because I would be up all night working on it. And I'm not good at that up all night shit anymore. And uh, what happened was I thought, I'm going to be up all night anyway. And then when I went to work on it, the, the, what I thought would fix it worked in 10 minutes instead of the 18 hours I thought it would take. So I am I, my brain's still stuck over in that. Indiana right now is 3-1. and one. They beat the season 23-20. to 20. They beat the Idaho Vandals 35-22. to 22. Idaho is a terrible team. Uh, they beat West, Western Kentucky 33-30 to 30 in overtime, and then they lost to Indy or Cincinnati. You know, Luke Fickles 
Cincinnati, uh, 45 to 24 this past weekend. So they are three and one, but it's, um, I don't know. I guess we're still favored. And I think the key to that game for us is making sure that we control the offense. Yeah, the offense is going to have to move the ball. Um, Mickey Joseph has already said that they're going to slow things down, you know, to give the defense some rest. Uh, I'd even heard uh, some speculation that they're going to huddle up between plays. Uh, the only team I've seen in college football put their players in the huddle uh, recently has been uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Um, but I, I think what's going to end up happening is um, – you know they're they're going to slow things down and and uh, give the defense a chance to catch the breath when when they're not out on the field and and uh, you know hopefully be able to sustain some drives. I've I've always wondered and and you know it isn't just Nebraska but that's who I watch most. Uh, I think sometimes when you're going so damn fast, um, like anything, when when you're going a lot fast, the the room for air isn't isn't quite as great and maybe maybe i don't know maybe slowing things down a little bit will result in in more success for the for the offense well here's the thing they ran 78 plays against illinois 65 against idaho 90 against western kentucky and 104 plays against cincinnati that's a, that's shit a lot of offense that's a lot. It is a, that is a crap ton of plays. And I think, you know, that's why the key, I think, for this game for Nebraska is really to see if our offensive line can, you know, just get three yards of carry, for God's sakes, and go for it on fourth down. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm i going to be anxious to see what we do. I mean, if there's any kind of uh, change in motivation, change in where we want to win against – God, you can't believe I'm going to say this about Nebraska football. This is a good chance for Nebraska to actually win a game. <laughs> well, you know, offensively, are they going to be able to have some kind of consistency? You know, and yeah. Oklahoma shut us down. Oklahoma flat shut us down. But up until that game, uh, Nebraska had been able to move the ball. And um, – I got to believe that they'll be able to move the ball against uh, um, Indiana. I just, like I said, I just, it, we, we, we got to stay out of these damn horse races because we, we haven't done well um, when, when we're playing against one of those teams that, you know, likes to go at warp speed and, and um, you know, Georgia Southern and, and uh, Oklahoma made it, you know, very obvious that, uh, we don't adjust real well under those kinds of circumstances. You know what? Uh, I'm going to just show this just for the hell of it. We, we call this a therapy session. Brando's Sports World says, I'm having a tough time at my job lately, guys. If you had to start over and get into a new field with little to no experience, where would you go for a high-paying entry-level job? Where would you Where would you go, Todd? Well, the, the <laughs> there is is high paying. Um, I'm, uh, an entry level job that's high paying without experience outside of you know selling fentanyl. I'm not sure you know where you're gonna <laughs> where you're gonna find something. I heard only I 
I heard OnlyFans. <laughs> we'll move on. You know, I, I if if this is a young guy actually asking a real question, uh, what I would, was going to start over, I'll just take the first part. I'd go into cybersecurity. That's what I would do. I'd realize this, you know, not a really an entry level probably thing, but you have to be entry level in something. I mean, if you've got the background in cybersecurity, that's where I would choose to start a career today because nobody's ever going to stop attacking anybody. This thing called the internet we thought was a fad a few years ago, it ain't going away. And uh, it, it, you could work with people who can barely talk to other human beings. And if you can talk to human beings and translate for people that can't talk to other human beings, you will make shit tons of money in that, in that job position. Uh, other than that, man, I don't know. I, my, I got my kids asking the same question or the uh, youngest. One. Okay. You know, put, put that question back up. Oh my God. I lost it already. Well, <laughs> you know, high paying, a high paying job. Okay, little to no experience. Everybody else could help. Brand, uh, help How about head, coach at, head football coach at Nebraska? That seemed to be the criteria that we had for the last one. <laughs> I think you have to start out with a, a GA position for years where you don't – you have to eat macaroni and cheese, the cheap well, macaroni and cheese. See, Fred, uh, Fred Sacco and I were on the same wavelength, so <laughs> – Fred Sacco says, hey, Brando Sports World just apply to be head coach for Nebraska football. Margaritas are on the house. Wow, such shots fired. Uh, let's let's take some overtime. Wait, 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 it's a calmer night today from everybody. I did. Let me ask you guys a question if you're commenting. Did you guys take the weekend off or did any of you watch college football? And if you did, uh, say, yes, I watched college football and let us know which games you watched. MK says, did we all just get list by gaslit by NASA playing interstellar darts with an asteroid? And what's the chance that asteroid circles back around and ruins Nebraska's 2023 <laughs> season? <laughs> well, if you don't, if you didn't hear, well, we'll keep that up. Uh, if you didn't hear the news, NASA uh, hit an asteroid that was like 7 million miles away with a spacecraft the size of a vending machine, which I think that's pretty cool. And they hit it so that they could avoid the uh, don't look up scenario where there's a giant asteroid coming to Earth or Armageddon, I guess, is the other one. And they, they're going to see if they could actually deflect. And a, a not an enormous asteroid, but a sizable. I mean, it was big. But uh, chances that it circles around and ruins Nebraska's 2023 season, you know, given the luck we've had over the past four years, I'd say that chances are, uh, you know, 23%, which is actually phenomenally an enormous percentage of uh, that thing blowing up our systems. Ooh. Uh, I want... I watched Adrian drill the seniors and OSU put holes in the cheese heads. God, I just – I'm going to be anxious to see what this guy says, the Wisconsin guy tomorrow, because before the season started, he said, I feel like this is a critical season for Paul Christ because Wisconsin really hasn't gotten – you know, they, they're a good team, but they haven't gotten over this hump. They haven't gotten any better, and he felt like it was a critical season for them to see – if they could, you know, maybe get better. And his other concern was 
their guesses were falling off by quite a bit. So, you know, Paul Chris could be, he could be on the hot seat uh, this season. And that brings me to another thing. Uh, what a waste right now for Nebraska. I mean, you literally have a Big Ten West that's sitting there. Right. Confused. Complete disarray. Wisconsin doesn't know who they are. Most of the teams just are sloughing around. It's like they're fielding football teams because it's required to make money. And here's Nebraska sitting here with the worst team we've had. Is this, that's, that's just a horribly wasted opportunity. Well, you know, when old uh, Herb Street had predicted that Nebraska was going to win the West going into this season, um, you know, if, if Nebraska – you know, really had it together and was the team that some people thought it was, they should be dancing through the, this, this, you know, division right now. And, you know, granted, we've only played one school in the division, but, you know, you're right. It's, it's a wasted opportunity. It's a chance for Nebraska to, to get on top. And, and who knows, you know, they're going to play Indiana this weekend you know, maybe they'll get some things shored up a little bit, and maybe they'll be competitive in some games. M. Gaboski, M. Gaboski, watched my Wolverines play a tougher-than-expected Maryland team. That was a good game, at least. Then I watched Florida-Tennessee, and Tennessee is in the top ten. And I have noticed on my YouTube videos that I have had a lot of comments from Tennessee fans, you know, commiserating with Nebraska fans saying, we've gone through this ourselves, where, you know, it was a long period since old former was around and they were a decent team. And now, now they're back in the top 10 and, and Tennessee fans can be the sons of bitches that they were born to be. Because uh, you know, I have a new respect for those people. <laughs> Didn't Tennessee hire a coach from from Central Florida? He, yeah, they did. They hired a coach from Central Florida, Josh Heupel. You know, I have I have an autographed book by him in my house after he won the Heisman Trophy. Uh, okay, let's go with Tyler O'Connor. We should we should be doing what Minnesota is doing, which is be good and take care of business. I hate to go back to the Minnesota thing, but here's what I here's what is key about Minnesota. They know what they want to do. They really do. Their offense is it's not fancy. It's not they don't have 700 different plays they run. Uh, their passing game is I don't know slant, 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 slant. Okay, throw it over the top and see what happens. I mean their running game is pretty much inside zone, inside zone. You know you'll hear guys mention nickel duo, which is pretty much a zone play. They uh, they just do it over and over and over. And I mean Mo Ibrahim is a hell of a back and can't be tackled by anybody. So I think that's the key with them is they have they know what they're doing. You know and like I said. Uh, I didn't expect their defense to be as as good as it um, as it is. Okay, you talk for a bit. I'm tired. <laughs> what? I know what you can. I know what you can talk about for a while, Todd. Tell me. Nebraska baseball. Nebraska baseball played a fall team a game, and uh, they beat Omaha like nine to one. 
Uh, they played uh, their first of two fall games and um, a 14 inning game and um, against uh, Omaha. And boy, when you look at uh, the starting lineup and they, you know, they made a, excuse me, they took a lot of allowances in this game. They had 10 hitters in the lineup and, you know, just an opportunity to get players on the field, but um, over half of the players, that started the game were new to Nebraska, which uh, that should be no surprise. They, they brought in, you know, 24, 25 new players this year uh, between freshmen and transfers and portal transfers. Um, so, you know, our, our good friend, Aaron, who uh, covers baseball on coordination, wrote a, a nice article about what he saw up there. And it was a beautiful day to watch some ball and, um, you know, uh, Will Bolt and his staff didn't stand pat. They knew that they didn't have, uh, you know, the team that they needed to have to compete. And um, so they so they went out and they brought in some new players. So um, what, what was what was Aaron line? Aaron's line is slack. We have a center fielder. Yeah, so <laughs> we have a center fielder. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's, you can tell you're in trouble. You know, uh, for, for a baseball team to platoon center fielders, you know you've got trouble <laughs> if you're going to platoon center fielders, um, which is kind of kind of what happened last year. But, no, the baseball team, you know, it's uh, they're, they're checking out players. And, and uh, um, then, uh, you know, volleyball had a big weekend. They swept Michigan State on Friday, and then um, they beat Ohio State um, three games to two, which I understand was, you know, really a hard-fought game. I think uh, Coach Cook had remarked about um, how they, they didn't play their best. There were a lot of unforced errors, but that was a game where they just really had to grit it out, and, and they were able to do that. And Ohio State beat them twice last year. So um, a very experienced team, and so nice win for the volleyball team. Um, but, uh, yeah, so th there are some good things happening, you know, for Nebraska fans. And, uh, you know, we uh, – and I guess there's some good things. You know, I saw that that question go by. Uh, go ahead, and I'll you read it, John, and I'll – Brett I'll Baker. Say. Hi, Brett. How you doing? Thanks for joining us. I went to Fremont to watch some winning football at Midland, not including gas. It cost me less than $20. Sat on the 50-yard line and had a blast. I don't know. That sounds like uh, it sounds like a shot at the entire Nebraska football team year. <laughs> so, like, there might be other things going on out there except for Nebraska football. Brett Baker is a dangerous man. Well, you know, Midland also hired uh, Jordan Larson to be their assistant yes. uh, volleyball coach. Um, and, you know, it's uh, here's what I would say. Um, if you like football and if you like college football, there's good college football played at all levels. And, you know, if it's a nice day on a Saturday afternoon, you know, go out to Fremont, Fremont and watch Midland play. And, and you know, I guess because I had a, uh, a daughter who played Division three athletics, you know, it's it's they still play the game and they play the game with passion and they play the game with with heart. And uh, you see a lot of the same offenses, you know, being run when you go to some of the smaller colleges as you do, you know, in the big stadiums, you see the same kind of defenses being played. 
you just see it played by guys that aren't quite as big and quite as fast as the ones that you're going to see, you know, in Ohio Stadium or at the big house. So. All right, let's see. Greg Flugar, why is Ben Hart playing tackle instead of guard? Minnesota recruited Ben Hart as an interior lineman. He has short arms and lower body strength without much upper body bend. Surprises me as he is at right tackle. I don't – I. if you're looking for an explanation of what we're doing on the offensive line, I, I really don't – I don't have one. I don't really understand what they're doing with some of these guys. I, you know, I guess the only explanation I'd say is why is he playing tackle instead of a guard? Because we don't have tackles. I don't, I don't know why we're playing the guys that tackle that we're playing. You know, why Hunter? Was Hunter Anthony such a bust that he couldn't take over that position? Uh, you know, where did Kevin Williams go? It, it, there's no. I mean, we have a a guy of bodies apparently none of them have developed enough to actually take over that position which is kind of i don't know well i guess it's where we're at right now isn't it uh okay i had pinned another one here's m goboski again i hope are you familiar with m goblog todd no M. Go blog is a Michigan blog that's run by a guy named Brian Cook, and it's just it's giant. It was way back when we all started blogging. The guy started M. Go blog, and uh, I think he's kind of a an icon to Michigan fans now, which uh, which is kind of interesting. Okay, M. Gaboski says I think Mario. Cristobal face plans this is 4-0. She's shown Nebraska fans that hiring the next coach is about getting the right guy instead of winning the press conference, which is, uh, yeah, it, this is right true. So. Uh, I, there's another guy, Lance Leopold, who people, you know, you're kind of looking at them, and uh, somebody posted a list of Kansas coaches that went, got, got their teams to four wins, and I don't, you know, it's like Turner Gill never did. Les Miles never did. Uh, it took Mark Mangino God knows how many years. And, it, you know, they went through the list of coaches and then it showed Lance Leopold and how quick he's turned Kansas into at least getting game winning. So I that, uh, that's that been interesting. All right. You know, what else? It's, it, the thing about it is, too, is there are fits. You know, I mean, even, even though, you know, think like Rich Rod, you know, back in the day, Rich Rodriguez, you know, I mean, he was – he was he was Scott Frost before Scott Frost. And, you know, he had incredible teams playing. Well, of course, he had more of a track record um, than, than what Frost did. But, you know, West Virginia was lighting it up. He had a very innovative offense. Uh, and then he goes to Michigan and falls flat. Uh, and then, you know, he kind of uh, landed on his feet down at Arizona and he fell flat. Um, you know, sometimes being in – in the right place is uh, is just as important as um, you know maybe what you've you know who you are or, or whatever. It doesn't surprise me that some of these guys um, it doesn't work out in some places because they're not the right fit. Okay. Troy Zugalotti says, does this mean Frost was an idiot when he hyped Riola? Uh, and I assume he means Raiola as the offensive line coach in Nebraska. I, you know, there's a lot of, our offensive line is not good. 
and it it hasn't gotten better under Rayola, and I don't. I guess yeah. Okay, I'll just be blunt. He doesn't look like a good coach, a good hire at this point. So why did Scott Frost hire him? I you know there's a lot of speculation that he hired him to try to get the younger Royola that was was it Dylan that was one of the top recruits in the nation that went to Ohio State, and you know Frost was an idiot. Well. <sighs> I think we've all determined that Frost was just not even paying attention to his job. I mean, that's the, really, I could go up further into that, but well, I'm trying you know, to move on here. We're trying to move on. But, but, you know, John, you know, here's something, and I'm not, I'm not an, uh, an offensive line specialist by any means, but, you know, the same people that were on the field, you know, for um, Greg Austin are the same guys that are on the field with Rayola. And, yeah. you know, so apparently they're the best players that we have on the team or the other guys are just that much worse. I, I, I don't, I, what else, what else do we have to, to, to prove otherwise, unless they put some of these guys out there and we can actually see, you know, what they can do. Um, you know, I've heard for a couple of years now that that uh, Henry, I, I won't say his name right, Lakovsky, um, you know, that he was a nasty interior lineman. But yet, has has he had, you know, numerous snaps, um, you know, in out, out there on the field and, you know, time where they got the, the other team's ones? I don't know. Um, but – Wow, it, the, the the mystery to me is it's the same guys that we've seen for the last couple of years that are still out there. <laughs> okay, you know what? I was wrong earlier. Minnesota does not play Penn State this weekend. Penn State plays Northwestern. So, and then Minnesota plays Purdue, Illinois, Wisconsin, Michigan, Iowa should be interesting just because. Uh, you know, Iowa is a pain in the ass. I, Ohio State, Rutgers, that should be – all these games look fairly not close. You Michigan know, State, it, Maryland. The, the, I'll tell you what, the Michigan-Iowa game is always a good game when it's in Iowa City, always. And it, it does not matter where either of those two teams are ranked or, you know, what they've done up to that point. But, um, you know, I, it says here on one of the questions that Michigan – is favored by 10 and a half. But um, <laughs> I'll tell you what, like I said, the Hawkeyes always play Michigan tough in Iowa City. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen in that game. And Pat Fitzgerald has Penn State right where he wants them because they have done what they always do. They've gotten beat in the non-conference season by teams that shouldn't even be on the same field with them. And then once they get to the Big Ten Conference, Switch comes on. I'm picking it right now. Northwestern beats Penn State. <laughs> I'm sorry. I laughed at you, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, but that's okay because I'm kind of laughing at me too. But that's going to happen. That's my pick for the week. Okay, Thongway Reldman is because the, the coaches don't want to play the younger guys, even if they're better for fear the old guys would leave and they'd be left with half a team. I don't know if that's – you know, I got to wonder because uh, 
you know, Frost was the coach. If he was still going back to that philosophy that Tom Osborne had where he, you know, we had 83,000 offensive linemen. You didn't really play on the field until you were at least a junior anyway. Because, they, you know, they had those games where they just beat the shit out of They put in the second, uh, you know, stringers and then the third stringers. Everybody got game time most of the year. And I, I don't know if he was clinging to that. I don't know if he was directing. Well, you know, the personnel hasn't changed that much this weekend. So um, for fear the old guys would leave and they'd be left with half a team. I don't know. I see. I, you're still losing games. He still lose lost his job, even if he walked away with sixteen million dollars and and took uh, you know forty millions over forty million over all somewhere in that range for Nebraska. Hey, Scott Frost still gets to live the rest of his life with the fact that he had his dream job and and became the worst head coach in Nebraska football history. And uh, you know, I keep saying I want to move on, but I will keep repeating that until I'm in the grave just because uh, that guy uh, anyway i have to hit the portal too much pbr says jack the ripper somebody's st still with the pbr this week todd i'm uh, drinking rolling rock i moved to rolling rock it was it, it was in sioux falls this weekend they had six pack tall boys of rolling rock for 549 at circle k that's just too good of a price to turn down all right what else we got we went through volleyball we went through baseball depth track oh my god we've we've hit everything we still have 10 minutes todd well you know what m gaboski sure. again should pat fitzgerald be looked at for needing to be fired no because no. nobody at northwestern would care and i i think he probably will be i am guessing that after this season he'll be looking for a new defensive coordinator uh, grab blaine cole's question there. yeah i see that what is your take on nebraska's identity what it should there be their identity be by blaine cole it sounds like a memoir well, <laughs> you, you take this their their identity should be that they're going to play sound fundamental football and they play very physical on both sides of the ball. And, you know, th that's the identity that led to success, you know, when Nebraska was good. And you can talk scheme all you want, but you can play hard-nosed physical football regardless of whether or not you're running – you know, the, the option or whether you're running the wing tee or whether you're running, you know, some of the spread offenses that they are today. It, it's, it's a mindset and it's, it's the process that, you know, it's, it's the philosophy that you're going to use when, uh, you know, you draw things up. I, you know, I'm not a, a, a huge NFL fan and, and I dare say that I watched more Green Bay Packers this weekend than I did uh, anything else. But it was really, I found it really kind of interesting that the commentators kept talking the entire game about the fact that Green Bay plays about 30% of their offense with two running backs in the backfield. And, you know, wait, for most of my life, offensive teams, the off on the offensive side of the ball, you had two running backs in the backfield. I mean, it's not a new concept. And, 
you know, Iowa has had a very punishing running game, and so has Wisconsin. And those two teams do not run the same offense. Nebraska could do the same. Their identity should be tough, physical football where they don't make mistakes and everybody knows what's going to happen. On the defensive side of the ball, same thing. Physical, fly into the ball, you know, uh, gap integrity and and not making mistakes. It's in my opinion, that's the that's the the key. I think you've got a lot of people, not a lot of Nebraska people that are like, uh, we need to go back to the triple option. And the fact is, is that even Tom Osborne run the triple option that freaking much. I mean, he had a whole bunch of plays, counters and traps and things. He probably ran the triple option about 20% of the time when he actually ran it. So we're the fullback. We need a fullback. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a big guy that's like we should run this scheme and then we'll be successful. I think it's all about having the right coaches in the right place that can develop players and teach them how to play the brand of football they want to. But I, Todd mentioned physicality, and I, that's key for our conference. I mean, if you're not going to be physical, you know what? If you're not going to be physical, what's going to happen to you is exactly what Minnesota did to Michigan State this weekend. They just ran over them. Remember the old days? Remember the old days? Thought, the old days, yeah. Uh, where, you know, the joke, even, even the Nebraska linemen will tell you that they didn't bother changing their calls from week to week, that they made up the line. Right when a quarterback walks up and shouts out audibles, they didn't change them because they didn't care if the defense knew where they were going. It doesn't matter the scheme of offense, but that is the type of physicality that Nebraska needs to get back to, and we are nowhere close to that. Uh, obviously, we used to have an edge in strength and conditioning, and I think it, you probably could look at it a lot the, this year and say there is no real strength conditioning Um you know that's that's I, that's another thing that's going to have to be rebuilt by the next coach. Uh, let's well, go. I got a question. I got a question for you, John, and maybe maybe our listeners okay. might want to pipe in on this as well. So when when the dust all clears, and let's assume that you know we get to the end of the season, maybe maybe we get a few more wins, maybe we don't. And whoever the new head coach is, Mickey Joseph, if he's made the full coach or the, 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 the head coach at the end of this season or whomever else they bring in, is the program in greater disrepair now than it was when Scott Frost arrived? Has, has the program fallen further in the four plus years that Scott Frost was in charge or in the three years that Mike Riley was in charge. That's a question that I've started wondering about a lot because, you know, we all saw what happened when Mike Riley was here, but I don't recall nearly the issues and the concerns that I'm starting to see right now expressed about this team that um, Scott Frost had. All right, should I bring up a, this one? Troy Zugalotti says, can A.G. Peterson sue Frost and get our money back? Any lawyers around here? Uh, I don't think he's a lawyer to answer that. The problem with that is it's a bad business. You're right. right now, you, you see coaches getting fired, and sometimes they're fired with us, and then they don't have to pay the buyout. The problem with firing a coach and then going and suing him 
getting your money back is if you want to know just to ever come to your program again, that's how you do it. Is you, you yeah, Trev Alberts, uh, when, when one of the media people or somebody asked him at the press conference, did you pay the full payout? And I think Trev Alberts answered something along the lines of Nebraska is a yeah, school. We keep our word. You know, that we do things the right way. And they just gave him $16 million to go away and it's gone. And, you know, we could just, uh, we could just, we could just move on. Um, okay. I had one other one. Yeah. I think that the program is in worse shape than it was under Mike Riley. Um, okay. You know what? We're going to take a couple more. Shane Coates. Why would any coach want the Nebraska job? Solich and Pelini were run out of town after nine wins. All the talk about top three coaches for the job is a pipe dream. Mickey Joseph is probably the best bet. Well, I'll keep that up. Uh, you know, Pelini were run out of town by idiot fucking morons that were athletic directors. That's really what that is. You know, it, Frank Solich got fired by Steve Peterson, who was an egomaniac. It, it, that's why he got fired. Not because he was failing miserably, although he probably would have. But it's because the athletic director who was in charge at the time was an egomaniac. And Sean Eichhorst fired Bo Pelini after a 9-3 and three season because he was more worried about NCAA client compliance and following rules and, you know, another idiot athletic director that made a bad decision. So I think most people know that. You know, people bring it up. Oh, you fired nine win coaches. Yeah, I didn't fire them. The morons fired them. Uh, why would we, you know, we've done this before. Why would anybody want the Nebraska job? Uh, we have money. We have a fan base. We have facilities. We do things the right way. What am I missing, Todd? Well, we're, we're also going to have a deal going to have a nail program that's going to be effective and and it's it still is a brand you know nebraska is a brand and all of that kind of fits into that and um you know i i'm not you know a gypsy with a crystal ball but i think as we see college football at the top level move forward um you're going to see uh, the top teams in the Big Ten, the top teams in the SEC, and maybe a few others that kind of separate themselves from everybody else. And Nebraska wants to be a player and they're positioned to be a player in that. And they, the University of Nebraska is going to do whatever they have to to stay relevant. And, you know, if, if Kansas can – find Lance Leopold, if Iowa State can find Matt Campbell and they can go into those schools and succeed, then Nebraska can too. And, you know, people can say about all the pressure, you know, it's so much different at Nebraska, you know, all the newspapers, all the media, all the attention, blah, 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 blah. No, it still comes down to recruiting quality players and coaching well. And, you know, that's why, quite honestly, um, you know, my top three coaches are still Dave Aranda, Lance Leopold, and Matt Campbell. Um, all three of those guys, and, you know, throw in the guy from Wake Forest. Those, those guys have shown that they can win consist well you know i guess it's only year one of winning at kansas but those guys have shown 
that they can win in difficult circumstances. And what's more difficult than Nebraska right now? <laughs> I'm going to bring this up, Todd, as our last comment. Hams, hams. You know, Do you remember from the land of sky to the water. <laughs> My my dad, when I was a young child, my dad was a hams drinker. Um, Jacob, if I would have if I would have seen hams for three ninety nine in Sioux Falls, where I was at at the Circle K, I would have had to give strong consideration to that. But you know, it's been a long time since I've had Rolling Rock. So, <laughs> do you remember the hams bear outfit? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, back when we were in college in Nebraska in the '80s, a long time ago. Uh, I don't. One of our friends was. Where did that come from? Somebody worked for a beer distributor or some some damn thing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't remember that. Somebody had a Ham's Bear outfit. It, it was the Ham's Bear outfit, and uh, I remember one part. I used to live at twelve nineteen New Hampshire, and I'm sure that that house still has. Uh, it goes through generations of people having parties at that house while they were at Nebraska. And, and God, hundreds of people would show up to these parties and the place would be packed. But we would have one of our friends put on this Ham's Bear outfit and we would run him across over to Sham Harper Shram Smith and he would run through all of the girls' floors in the girls' dorms. Was, was Smith the girls' dorm? Harper, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Shram, Shram was co-ed, and then Smith, he would run up and down through the door. He would run through every floor, and then he'd come back, and we'd literally see him running across the, well, we used to call it the rape lot, the behind our house, the parking lot behind, you know, down the Russian bottoms. I don't think there is one there anymore, is there? I don't know. Anyway, we'd see him come running toward us, and there'd literally be like 20, 30 women following him, and that's what the ham's beer outfit the bear outfit would get us for our parties all right do, are, we, are we done is there anything else let's see is the it's the beer refreshing uh some guy pasted an emoji oh he accidentally put something up on the screen land of sky blue waters dad loved ham's tall boy beer that's because it was just a good cheap american beer you know what it wasn't as bitter as pbr it didn't have no. that odd uh, union guy being fired Hams, hams has a crisp taste. There's something about hams that's just a little bit different than everything else. Uh, I don't know. What do you think, Todd? Are we done? We've we've gone over an hour. Yeah, I, I can feel I think, myself. I can feel myself sweating. I'm going to say one more thing, and I kind of alluded to this. Well, I did mention it last week, but now I'm, I've kind of put my thoughts together. I've had a little bit of time. And, you know, it's it's pretty easy to feel down and out being a Nebraska football fan. And, you know, it sucked the last few years. There's no question about that. But, you know, I guess one of the things about being a Nebraska graduate and being a Nebraska fan is I've always kind of looked across the board. I'm as much of a volleyball and baseball and wrestling fan, basketball fan as I am. I'm, I'm, I'm a Nebraska fan. And that um, – you know, that's what makes Nebraska unique. And everybody talks about how Nebraska fans get behind their teams. But it just occurred to me, and, and you know, we kind of started something last year. Um, I brought it up to John off the air that 
um, we ought to, they ought to build a statue of Jordan Larson outside Devaney. And John started promoting that. And it kind of got picked up by some of the media and who knows. But, you know, I, I, I want to have two statues outside Devaney right now because our alma mater, the University of Nebraska, is the home to arguably the two best players in their individual sports in the United States in U.S. history. Arguably, Jordan Larson is the best volleyball player that's ever played for Team USA. And arguably, Jordan Burroughs is the best wrestler that has ever wrestled for the United States of America. And they're both from the University of Nebraska. So we need to have statues of Jordan and Jordan, Jordan Squared, outside of Devaney. So about the time we're all feeling gloom and doom, we've had some great things happen at the university in our lifetimes. Everybody listening here today had opportunity to watch Jordan Larson and Jordan Burroughs compete. And good old Nebraska you. Yeah, I don't know if we can end on anything that. Well, good night, John. We're done. Good night, Todd.